Okay, thank you for tuning in to Autonomous Unity on the Solidarity with Autonomy Network, the SWAN. Uh, today we are beginning Tradition 11, uh, which was originally scheduled for the 11th month of 2018. We are now in January of 2019. Um, we've had so many questions that uh, some months we just couldn't get through uh, all of the uh, traditions. So we're a couple months behind, but nonetheless, we're plugging along. Real quick reminder, if you're not a member of NA, please tune out at your time. This is just in keeping with our traditions, um, and that will be partially explained today in the traditions we're yeah, going over. But if you're not a member of NA, we're just trying to stay within our traditions here. Um, that being said, we have uh, Eric on the line from Nebraska, Bill from Allentown, myself in Utah, Kim in Sweden, and Herman in Holland. There may be others on the line, but they've not identified themselves. Uh, not sure who's going to listen and who's going to speak, but it's open to anybody who wants to participate. Uh, and uh, hopefully we didn't violate any of your anonymity with the 11th tradition. Present people, not who's on the line here. I don't think we did. We'll not use the last name. Uh, so that being said, uh, I'm going to, uh, well, Bill's a little under the weather today with his voice. Uh, so I don't know who's going to be reading the questions. Is that going to be you, Eric, or uh, do we have Kim doing that? I'm not sure who's, who's leading off there. I, I can read the questions just need to be. So. Alrighty. So, the first question says, what are the spiritual principles within the 11th tradition? How does the home group apply these principles? So. Anybody want to take off on that one? No, the spiritual principle uh, that lies within this tradition. First of all, is amenity and uh, keeping principles before personalities, okay, are the key in this in this issue here. Uh, you know, when you talk about anonymity, when you're when you're out there and your group is participating in public information, we're participating as a group, not as individuals. And that's how we keep the personalities also out of it, because we're not speaking for any individual here. We're speaking as a whole. RNA as a whole in the group structure. You know, when we're providing information to the public, that spiritual principle has to be adhered to. And we have to surrender our attitudes at that level. So that's what I, I look at as we're going to look forward and we're going to go through this here. As we uh, go through this, we're going to be talking about this and many of other questions, okay? It may be somewhat synonymous, but I... Um one thing that comes to my mind is, as far as spiritual principles go would also be humility. And that might be synonymous with anonymity or very much a part of it, but humility really strikes me when I think about this tradition as well. I don't know if anybody else has anything else, but I think Bill nailed it. This one mentions anonymity by name. I think that's the main one. Well, I look yeah, at humility as being a byproduct of anonymity, okay? Yeah, I, I think you're right there, brother. You know, it's, uh, it's the practice of, of that there spiritual principle that, that uh, we, we're talking about here. And that's why I said we're going to be talking a whole lot about these here principles as we go through, down through these questions. All right. Next question, unless anybody else has anything else to add there. Well, I, I don't know if we – I know we talked about it a little bit, but uh, – the second part of that question, I don't know if we actually answered. Um, how does the home group apply these principles? Um, you know, I, I know that Bill talked about it during PI, where we keep our individual uh, individual selves out of, of the public information, and we just we just share what NA is and what it isn't. Um, are there any other ways that we practice? It? I mean. Uh, um, I, I think that it actually goes back to, uh, to signing court cards also. I think, uh, you know, that's, uh, putting our name out there for a, an outside entity, you know, and, and even if people just put their first name, their last initial, like a lot of people do, they put their phone number, they put, you know, uh, they're violating their own personal anonymity. And letting, uh, you know, it's almost like they're representing narcotic phenomena. Um, 
Well, I think that that's something to consider that, you know, as our home groups, uh, you know, I know at our home group we do not sign attendance documents, and that's, this is actually one of the reasons that we don't. So that's one of the ways that we uh, apply this, these principles, in, you know. Um, I just didn't know if there was any, any other, anything else that anybody else could think of with the uh, second part of that question. Well, I'd like to know what's the question. Again, excuse me. I would like to know what the question Eric is proposing here. The, the second part of the question, Bill. Oh, says, well, let me let me let me uh, quote it. So it says, uh, "How does uh, how, how does your group apply the spiritual principles?" Okay, you know what? We have uh, two question number ones actually. We have one that doesn't have a number, and it's actually the second question you're answering, but it's labeled number one, Eric. Says how does, I'm just going to read the next two because they go hand in hand. Says how does your NA home group apply these spiritual principles in its dealing within and outside of NA? And then the next question is how does your NA home group deal with the relationship with society? I think those two uh, go together. In fact, I'm going to read number three as well because it says uh, what is your home group's public information policy? I, I think uh, and number four is how does your home group carry out its public information policy? I, I, I think um, it's almost impossible to answer one of those without going into all of them. Uh, but, yeah, there were two separate questions, at least in the copy that I have, uh, and they're separated. Yeah. But the first one was not that, though. The one that doesn't have none on was actually a title, okay? Okay, got okay. it. So that's, that's all right. The uh, but number one is where the question started. How did your N.A. home apply these spiritual principles and deal with in and outside of N.A.? Okay. Okay. And I think okay. uh, Eric was going into the inside of Narcotics Anonymous and how we apply this. Yeah. Is that well, it, says within that and, you, it says within and outside, yeah. Yeah, but was he talking, was his question talking about uh, within the fellowship? That's well, the second part was, of the top. How's your homebrew proprieties, these principles, and he's talking about within the fellowship. Is that what he's proposing a question on? Yes, I was basically just talking about, you know, how we actually apply these principles in the home group. Um, I was actually looking at the title and uh, just using that part, how does the home group apply these principles. So that's what I, that's what I was actually looking at. And, uh, so, but I think, I think we have questions to deal with this issue that you're talking about we were doing that down through here, okay? This is what I was okay, talking I about. Okay. Uh, yeah, when we're talking about Yeah, when we're talking about within the fellowship of narcotics anonymous, there's uh throughout our history we have <laughs> we have to look at uh our history, okay? Because uh throughout our history we have uh, basically violated this principle of anonymity on many occasions through service, okay? Uh, right. By, by attaching strong personalities to a home group, okay? We have right. uh, violated the, the, the principle of, uh, of anonymity in that level of communication, you know, and I think we've gone through this in various other traditions, but uh, I've been, uh, you know, studying history again, uh, proposing uh, communication on Radio Free with history stuff, and to see how strong personalities have developed our fellowship within the fellowship, okay, it's been pretty traumatic, okay? Uh, mm -hmm. You know, uh, when you're reading um, some of these interviews, you can see the strong personalities that developed as, a board, as the actual Board of Trustees violating our spiritual principles of all these traditions. You know, and strong personalities that developed in the fights within, uh, you know, when we're dealing with public information, though, uh, we're informing within the fellowship of our message. The message, and what is our message? It should not be any personality included with that personality, with that, with that message. Our message is one of total absence of many mood changing subject matter or chemicals. And that's our primary purpose, is to carry that message. And when we put a strong personality onto it, we're violating the principle of anonymity. We're violating any spiritual principle that we can continue on. You're talking about names 
on the meeting list. Uh, they should not include last names, of course. Uh, you know, you're informing uh, the newcomer of uh, a phone list to communicate with other members in Narcotics Anonymous about, you know, staying clean. And that's part of a written written information we're providing within the home group. We're providing a meeting list, and it should not have attached uh, full names on that meeting list at all. Uh, it should attach uh, how to get a hold of a home group, how to get to the home group, you know, and that should be the information being provided because what we're trying to do is provide public information within the fellowship, and when we're doing it outside, we're actually informing the outside of how to find us, who they're going to communicate with, yes, is the first name. They're going to have to communicate with the first name. Uh, you know, when they're calling up, you're going to you're gonna let them know this is Narcotics Anonymous, and yes, my name is Bill, however, um, you know, I'm not here to represent this fellowship. I'm going to give them information on the fellowship, and the information I'm going to give them is how to find us, how to participate, how they can uh, get involved in the sense of going to a public information meeting, okay, or can we uh, bring that public information to them, okay, either way, we're going to communicate that with them, and then not one of us represents them uh, when we go out as a group, we're talking about, uh, say, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the, the groups within the group conscious area of the historical perspective, uh, recovery person, better late than ever group, okay? And uh, this is how you find us. This is where we're at. And this is, the, you know, the information on our fellowship. This is how our fellowship works. And that's the stuff we should be concerned about. It should not be my full name in any form in that level, and I don't speak for this, this level of, of service within the group. But you have outside and you have within the group and how you communicate this message. And the group should never become a strong personality of a member. You know, and that we have to be very aware of that we're not uh, crossing that line in this area. So. Yeah. I, you know, one example of that, if I could say, a lot of us that um, are prone to take on service commitments, and myself included, have very strong personalities. Um, you know, an example I, I like to uh, cite is, in fact, there, there are several of them. Uh, one of them is on the line with us right now, though. Uh, back in the day when, when some of these debates would come up on the conference floor, even if it wasn't about PI work, the, the way that this was protected was through group conscience. And, and I've talked to several servants, again, one of them is on the line, that they would be at a, a, at a world function even, and a question would come up, and, and these debates start to happen, and, and the position they were taking was, hey, all I have for you is my home group conscience. I'm not going to change it. This is what my home group instructed me to do. So uh, yeah, some of these people that were involved in service back in the day uh, refused to let their personalities uh, come into play when it came to Narcotics Anonymous Service and, and not only how we deal with our service committees, but, but how we deal with, with the rest of uh, what is outside of NA, the, the society beyond the tools that we've created. Uh, and yeah, that, that that's always been big in my mind since starting to study this, this that small handful of people that refuse to let their personalities uh, become a part of this this service thing. Uh, other than letting their strong personality stand up for group process and saying, "Hey, no, I'm I'm not going to change," I'm, you know, even if I disagree with what my own group decided, I'm not going to change their vote or or go outside of what they've instructed me to do, and we're not going to have this this debate without the home groups being involved. Anybody, uh, anybody else there? So we're dealing with four questions, right? Uh, yeah, we can take them one at a time. As we start to okay. go through them, they, they all seem pretty interrelated, but the more well, we they are. break this down, I see you focus on one, and I think we can move on to the next and, and kind of get a little right. more in depth. I think. Well, we are uh, we are focused on on uh, one, but we're focused on these four that you read, okay? Yeah, uh, yeah and that's definitely. what I want to say because I I focused on one, and uh, right. but the, the number two says how does your NA home group deal with the relationship with society? Okay, with society itself, okay, 
the way our home group deals with it, we provide information, okay? And that deals with, it also deals with, uh, with, uh, with, uh, number three, what is your home group's public information policy, okay? Our public information policy basically is we communicate as a group, we provide information to the public on narcotics anonymous existence, how to find us, uh, you know, where, if we have a, if they have a phone service, okay, how to contact our phone service, okay, how to get information on us, and what's narcotics anonymous and what's our purpose and how do we carry out that purpose. And, uh, that's the limit that we inform the public. I was just talking with a member on dealing because uh, yesterday I had a long conversation with a member on, uh, the, the interaction and we're dealing with narcotics anonymous as a whole. And uh, what I heard yesterday was a knowledge interpretation from this person, and I had to inform her of what Narcotics Anonymous and w- what we do here, and we're not concerned with knowledge interpretation and their uh, interreaction with their with the message they're putting out there and their interreaction with rehabilitation centers and government agencies has actually watered down the fellowship of Narcotics Anonymous, and that's where we're running into issues in this area, and I told her, we have a, you know, what I do personally, okay, and I talked about this is what I do personally, in dealing with a lot of these issues, and I do it as a home group member, I talk to my home group about these issues, and I find doctors, okay, that actually support, support total abstinence, okay, and uh, the reason I do that there, I'm looking for doctors that, that actually assist addicts to, uh, when they go to them, that they're not going to be pushed drugs on them, okay? All right? That they're going to look for alternative methods without drugs. Okay? So I'm, I'm working with the public in that sense. My home group works with the public in that sense, finding doctors that believe in total abstinence and not going to push medication. All right? As their first alternative, but they're going to look at, uh, the actual surrendering process of of helping the addict as, without medication. And uh, so we inform that we're a program of total acid, many mood-changing substances, minor chemical. We do understand under extreme conditions of physical pain, okay, and then we take that part of the basic text and educate them on that part of the basic text. And our responsibility is to educate doctors with what that part of the basic text is talking about. So we take that literally as a home group in the education process of what Narcotics Anonymous is, how do we fulfill it, and uh, and educate doctors. And that's one of our primary purposes in our home group on doing public information is when we inform the public, we, we take it as informing the general public, and that's how to find us. That's usually through PI posters, okay, that we're hanging up, where we're at, what we're doing. And then we do the professional services, and one is with doctors that we go uh, barely, uh, you know, we talk with doctors, we get information into their facilities, we talk to them about narcotics anonymous. And then when we find those doctors that believe in the philosophy of total absence, we take them to a further public information session on on the education part of, of addicts, okay? And, uh, you know, according to, you know, like me, when I went into hospitals, I had to educate the staff on 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 myself, on my addiction, and I had to make let them know I am making the decision what goes in my body and not in my body. That decision is not being left up to you. Okay, I want to know my options. I need to be educated on the options. I need to know uh, what type of chemicals that you want to use on me, and if I can actually take them chemicals. Okay. Uh, if, if they're mood-changing mind or substance, I need to know that. What's the effects of them substances? Okay? I want to know that stuff before I allow them to put anything in my body in it. Like, uh, the operations, I allowed them to put me to sleep because they weren't going to be cutting into me and removing the gallbladder, okay? Uh, they weren't going to be doing uh, uh, major surgery on my hand, reconstructing knuckles and and, and putting fingers back together that was severed, okay, and the hand that was crossed. Uh, they weren't going to allow that there, so we made the decision, we'll allow them to put me to sleep, but that when I come out of it, 
thing. Look what ibuprofen being put into my body instead, okay? An anti-inflammatory, not uh, any other mood changing substance or chemical. So we made that decision, and uh, I didn't have to be detoxed before I left, okay? Because I was totally off the, the whatever they put me under with already. I stayed in there for three weeks with my hand, okay? Four weeks, stuff like that. The gallbladder, I stayed a couple extra days, okay? I didn't leave like most people. The gallbladder, they're leaving within 24 hours of, or, or, or 48 hours. I stayed for 72 hours, okay? All right, I made sure all the chemicals that they used in the actual operation was out of my system. You know, and that was part of my education process as being an addict in my home group that we take this sincerely. That is our responsibility to educate the medical field on these issues about us when we come into their midst. Okay, and that's been, that has been lacking in this fellowship as a whole. People don't educate them. They, they instead, they go to the knowledge mentality. Well, a doctor gave it to me, so it's an outside issue. And now we end up with a fellowship that's uh, a majority, I mean, over 50% of it is on mood changing substances and our chemicals in the rooms today. And it could be more than that in some of these rooms, where they're actually arguing over our message instead and trying to alter our message. And that comes to me is what are we doing about that issue when it comes to public information within the home group, within our philosophy, within the meeting, within the fellowship is educating them that we are a total abstinence home group. We do not alter this here for any other outside organization that's writing public information for us and calling it public relations instead. So that's one area I think we need to look more in depth then, okay? Anybody else have uh, anything to add to that in regard to uh, question two? No, I'd like to hear what you think about it. Your group does a lot more than than my group does. Um, We uh, we're not we're not seeking out doctors or or even that uh, educating. And I'm not saying we shouldn't. I'm just the the the, we don't really have a a relationship with society, but we we're not. Against society, I guess. As, as a group, you know, as addicts, we need to be members of society. But uh, as a group, it's like you're saying, we, we provide information on what Narcotics Anonymous is, and we don't we don't change that. Um, you know, and uh, you know, as far as educating the medical profession, um, you know, what they do is what they do. But what what uh, the type of doctors that we're working with. As far as Narcotics Anonymous, if that uh, is, is indeed what we end up doing as an all group with, with a personal member, um, yeah, that, that's when we need to educate them to our message. But again, we haven't had uh, a member come in, uh, and maybe it's, it's just that uh, maybe most doctors are dealing with the mouse structure, but most of the people who say, hey, I want to join your home group, uh, you're, you know, they're, they're usually already detoxed or they're not... Um, Going through a, a medical detox process, you know, or they've they've come in and, and said, "Hey, I." Uh, if I remember right back in the day, we, we had a member who was on the uh, who was on methadone for years that it, it uh, decided to get off it and recently come off. Um, we're trying to remember if, if he joined our group. This was a couple of years ago, uh, but he did uh, attend our group regularly for a while, um, and I, I think it's kind of almost like the service structure and. And the rest of the fellowship knows what we're about. Um, you know, the service structure where we're at as well. We don't, since uh, we don't subscribe to it, but they they have a, a little bit different take on a lot of issues than not, and not all issues. But uh, you know, they're they're constantly moving further and further away from the Nas mentality. Um, so we, we don't deal with quite as many issues as, as other. Uh, Groups within their geographical areas, for sure. But uh, I'm completely honest about what our group does. We we have not taken on that responsibility or that level of responsibility uh, to seek out the medical profession uh, and educate them as, as to what uh, Narcotics Anonymous does. Um, we don't get a lot of referrals either. We, we do have some treatment centers come in from time to time that we need to educate them as far as uh, what we're about and let them know that hey, you're uh, your staff uh, are not 
welcome to sit in a closed meeting if, if they're not addicts. Uh, you know, we would prefer that they not be on the clock. Um, again, when it, when it comes down to it, we and see if a counselor is on the clock or not, but we do ask you know, counselors to, to not be there if they're on the clock. It's a little outside that, but yeah, we, we time to time have to work with, uh, treatment centers who, who show up to our meeting. Uh, but even now it's becoming less frequent. I don't know what the deal is out here, but a lot of treatment centers in recent months are, are starting to not, uh, come to as many meetings for whatever reason, you know. Maybe it's because we're not compatible with where they want to go. I don't know. Yeah, the, reason I want, the, re the reason I want to talk in depth about that area, okay, because it's affecting us as a whole, okay, in the long run, okay, uh, is why I brought that issue up, okay. And, uh, yeah. I, and, and maybe because I had in depth... Um, relationship serving in public information over the years also, okay? That was one of my, um, what do you want to call, four case where I served from setting up public information in the home group originally. Um, we called it PI slash HMI in our home group originally in, in first in 1979. And that was, um, a pet project of mine, basically, within the home group, how to get this information out. And, uh, and then when we create the area out of my home group, okay, that I belong to, then we set the, the, an actual committee where the home groups work together and get the information out, okay, uh, responsible directly to the home groups on public information slash H&I, so they form two different committees off of that later, um, and that was something that I helped develop, and I helped develop it in the Mid-Atlantic region originally, and then I was on World PI for uh, five, five, six years. Actually, six years, plus I was uh, PI vice chair for two years at the world level. So I looked at these shared goals and responsibilities and how the home group's responsibility is to uphold that there, and our key is our message, which is the most important thing that we have that we need to be educating people on is what our message is, is total abscess and any mood change something not chemical. And people can find recovery and have total abscess for for a long time, for many of years here in this program to recover from the disease find recovery from the disease of addiction. And that we are a support group, we're not a you know, we're a support group, we're not a rehabilitation group. We don't rehab here. We actually support one another instead in helping us find recovery. You know, and remember the issues that we dealt with. I've never heard that put in those terms. I like that. We're a support group. We're not a, a rehab. I, I think uh, people tend to get that confused. I, I've never heard it put that succinctly before. And maybe that's something we've lost from the old days. You know, some of those simple sayings or, or simple philosophies that don't get repeated anymore. Yeah, well, that's something we, you know, we used to talk about back then a whole lot in the old days was we are a support group. We're not a rehabilitation system here. Uh, we don't provide rehabilitation uh, stuff in our room. We, we, we support one another instead. We're, we're here to help people find recovery and be here for the long haul. It is so simple in our readings. You know, we're recovering addicts who meet regularly to help each other stay clean. You know, you're not interested in what you do, who you're connected with, only in what you want to do about your problem and how we can help. We read this stuff every week, uh, but the way you put that there, just it, it put that all in a nutshell. So, I just hope we can stimulate more conversation about this throughout our groups, okay, that participate through the fellowship service conference, okay? Right. Um, yeah, these questions do kind of, the, the two and three, uh, um, and actually three and four, especially, they, do you see a difference between the third question and the fourth? 
Um, as far as what is your home group's public information policy, I guess, and then the next one is how does your home group carry it out? But it, it's uh, maybe four and five, how does your home group do PI work? I think we're dealing with all of those, but I, I don't want to skip over anything because they are slightly different. Um, well, they're slightly maybe, different. Maybe, they're slightly different because they come from my home group, these first few questions, okay, to get, oh, the, okay. The, to get the questions going. Uh, we wrote questions, and they're slightly different to get you thinking, okay? And to go back and look at your home group instead, and to really question your home group in this area. Uh, you know, and they do go together, okay, basically. And what is your home group's public information policy? How does your NA home group carry out its public information policy? How does your home group do PI work, okay? They do inter inter intertwine but they're a little bit subtly different for that purpose, is to get you focused yeah, one on kind of, One kind of builds on the other, like what is the policy, and then, then how do you carry that out, that, that policy right. that you set. And to be quite honest, I mean, here's where I'm a little uh, taken off guard, um, because, what, and it's part of that self-honesty and assessment as a home group member, um, is the home group I belong to, are we stepping up in that regard and and the, the honest answer to that question is is no we're pretty passive with our public relations uh, we, are, we are putting information out there but not nearly as much as we we could or should be and uh, we don't have we have not met as a home group and come to a conscience on okay if a medical professional contacts us, what are our policies? How do we present this information? Because again, this, this is not a, a an individual thing. This is not a home group member representing Narcotics Anonymous. Uh, this is a home group member passing along the message of Narcotics Anonymous. And uh, you know, I, I know our home group has beliefs and philosophies in certain regards, but we, if I'm honest, and maybe this is the case for most home groups, even in the traditionalist movement, a lot of our groups that are, are weren't around back in the day, these historical times you're talking about, perhaps it's the same. And I, I can't judge other home groups, but I'm just saying from my own personal experience, uh, reading these questions, it's, it's kind of an oh shit moment for me. Um, I'd like to sit here and, and, and be able to, uh, to to say, hey, look how great that our home group is doing and here's what we do. But, but the fact is, reading these questions the way they're written, probably, well, not probably, we're in my opinion, we're lacking in these areas. It's something we need to, to sit down and come to a conference about. Right. Can someone maybe explain what? Hello. Can I say? Hello. Can Can someone maybe explain what a policy is? A policy is something that your group creates. From when when you think about it, it's it's you make a decision as a home group that this is our this is our group public information policy, this is how we're going to, uh, it's, it's more like a guideline that we have, okay, on how to do public information work, okay? And then are we upholding that, and how do we carry that out, basically, okay? Okay, because what I was thinking about is, in our in our home group, we just started out with uh, putting more energy and time into the whole PI effort, efforts, so we're putting out posters, we send out letters, so next uh, next, what we're going to do is call uh, doctors, uh, uh, institutions, but we don't really have, like, a policy on what do we say. We're just going to well, call that's them. Weak. It's got, you know. But that's where you've been having a reliance on communicating on Radio Free back and forth from this area, okay? All right. Yeah. Uh, your home yeah. group has it's basically been an extension of communication through with, a, with our home group on what what needs to be done, how to get it done, okay? If you haven't been going, you're actually operating uh, one step at a time developing this right now, okay? Yeah, yeah exactly, because we don't really have a... Uh, we just sit down and we talk and then we get into action, but we don't write down, this is the policy, this is what we, what we have to do. Well, that there, what I would call that there, as you're setting that up, that's because you look back on that, you write that stuff down, and then that becomes your precedent, and precedent then actually is the policy that you are accepting to operate by, okay? All right, so for the future, 
you look back and you see what you learned and then you go forth. Right. And, but you've been doing it through communication basically a lot with me, okay, on this area, okay? Yeah. You know, I communicate with your groups and I communicate with what's going on up in Sweden and we answer questions on Radio Free and uh, we communicate back and forth. We've been communicating this stuff, okay? And, uh, you know, you, you, you share that information, you post that thing, even your, your posters and stuff, you share them posters back and forth and other groups can adapt them uh, for what they're doing. And uh, basically, it's been, you've been having a real simple approach. It's a simple approach yeah. that we took in 1979 is what I've been giving you. I haven't got further along yet because the simplest approach is what works right now is first you need a phone number. Second, you need to get the information out that we're here. Third is doing the public information meeting, inviting people there. Okay, yeah. and then having the, the information, and then we'll go over that as you, you know, if, once you set it up, how you get them. You know, you're going to use basically a format from the little old white book, okay, which is in the beginning, it's in the basic text, the, the headings, okay, of, of uh, yeah. what's the NA program, uh, who's an addict, what's the NA program, why we're here, how to find us, okay, how it works. Okay, real simple stuff. You're going to keep it simplified, and that we're here to help. Okay, yeah. you know, and 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 then for the explanations you're going to give, and then you have the informational packets there to hand out and interact with people, because uh, the goal is that I've been talking about with you guys over there and the, and the guys in Sweden is get that information out, okay? And you're going to have some trial and error. Don't fear making a mistake along the road, though, because it's 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 a learning process, okay? You don't have someone over there that has past experience to be sitting in these meetings with you, okay, to pull it in. So you're going to make a few little mistakes. You're going to correct the mistakes, okay? And uh, and then you're going to have guidelines how to avoid them mistakes then, okay? And that's going to be your policy on how you're going to react with the, the public, how you carry it out. Well, first of all, you're blanking the public information posters. You're looking for places that you can hang them, and you're doing that. And you're learning you got to ask permission to hang public information uh, posters in certain areas, okay? Even though they may have a billboard at apartments, complexes like that, you have to talk with yeah. the owner to get the rights to hang that poster there. And yes, it's a great place to hang it, but you need to communicate with them. You're going to inform them of what narcotics anonymous is, how the program works, okay? And uh, that we want to do it. If there's anyone that's living within your apartment complex or anyone visiting this complex, the apartment complex has a problem that they can find us, okay, so we can help them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, your policy will be with, first of all, how do you approach the, the owner of that, of, of that apartment complex, okay? Yes, they have a billboard, but it's a private billboard. Can we hang something? Yes, you can, if you get permission. Okay, so you're going to have that written down on how to approach a private place like that, okay? The same thing with rehabilitation places, okay? Uh, Walk-in centers. They're private. They're not public, okay? You have to go talk with them. You have to get the information. you got to ask permission to get that up there. Well, you'll have that written down, and that will be your policy, okay? That's the stuff that I'm talking about, okay? Yep. So what would be the best way to go if you have... Uh, oh, can I ask one more thing? What was that question? Well, we have we now with the groups we made posters, we made flyers. Um, what's the best way to go? Would you? Uh, we can just put them all on the table at the meeting, and everybody's free to take them and just uh, put them up wherever they see fit. No, no, no. I would, I, would not, uh, I would not have them just put on the table. Anyone can just take them and put them up wherever they want because you don't. First of all, you're not going to know where they're at. Okay. The second of all, you don't know if they ask permission, and they could they could be hanging in places where they didn't have permission. They could come back and haunt you guys. Okay. Okay. All right. So you you do that in yeah, group yeah. conscious and talk, talk about when are we going to do a poster hanging this day? Okay. You do it as a group. Okay. Can I say something? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, 
What we did, Herman, was that we we sat down as a group and made a list of all these you know close by places where we know there was billboards and or uh, you know institutions and stuff like that. And we made this list, and then we went through yeah. it as a group. And, yeah, if you call there and you call there and ask if it's okay, and we go there and uh, yeah. you know it was a group effort, and we know we didn't you know throw the flyers out or anything. But we we made a list so we know where where to go. No. Yeah, exactly. So that's what we're doing right now too. But uh, I thought maybe it would be faster and easier just to put them on the table. And then, yeah, uh, well, the faster and easier right awaken. <laughs> the faster and easier awaken cause you problems down the road. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, and and we're right. trying to avoid we're trying to avoid that from happening. You also need to know where these posters are to go back and check on them to make sure they're hanging there, okay? All right. You gotta do uh, that every month, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you have to, okay? You have to go check them, make sure they're there. Uh, replace them if they're getting old and dingy, okay? Because they don't want an old and dingy uh, information there, okay? Yeah, okay. And a lot of times, addicts will just rip them down because they don't want them there, okay? All right, yeah. You know, so you replace them. And uh, you know that information, and and then you'll start, uh, when you start getting the phone calls, you, you'll find out from, from helping these people where they found out about you, and then you'll know, okay, hey, this year really worked. They got our information from that apartment complex. Let's go buy more apartment complexes. All right? Yeah. But it's, it's, you guys are doing a great job in Sweden and over in Holland right now at the group level, getting this information out, setting up public information days, starting to do them, okay? And uh, it's a long-term thing, and that's the first thing. Your policy is set up to be long-term. How you do it is through group conscience, okay? And that's what Kim's talking about. Through group conscience, they make the decisions. And how do they do it? Then they go together as a group to get this, this stuff out there. And they get them hung. They get the information out there. They can read packets of information out wherever. Uh, say it's uh, there's some uh, like Doctor Golf will let you put a little thing there where you can have, uh, you know, as long as it's attractive, okay. You create this little thing where you can put a couple IPs in it, okay, with a meeting list, okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, in their in their their setting room, okay. So addicts that are coming through there can get that information privately without it feeling, feeling intimidated or anything. Okay? Yep. So, I mean, there's, right. there's other ways of dealing with it, okay? Uh, I think Bill made a great point there, too, when you said uh, everything is done through group conscience. All this other stuff you're doing... It's, it's huge, valuable, especially getting information from older groups of NA who were were there in our formative years, uh, and they maybe we're still in those formative years to a degree. Uh, but uh, that whole idea of here, here's the information we're collecting as a group, uh, but where does the ultimate authority lie? And, and now we sit down in group conscience and and also use our personal experience, strength, and hope. What's working here in Sweden? What's working here in Holland? What's working here, uh, it, you know, whatever part of you know, there's, there's going to be, there's those things we're talking about, like uh, if we just put this stuff out on the table and say anybody take it and hang it, a newcomer might might come in and, and put something someplace it shouldn't be and and, and cause a, a bad relationship for it somewhere. Or you may be an older member. It doesn't matter who. Uh, but then there's going to be subtler things that uh, nobody in the United States will be able to tell you what works best in, in Sweden or Holland or what works best in Utah is not what's going to work best uh, in, in, in Philadelphia or, or uh, New York or, or things like that. There, there, there's going to be subtle issues that, and, you know, where it comes down to any time we're setting policy for a group, now we take it back to this collective 11th step. Now we, now we go to, to uh, what's, what's God's will for this group. And, and let's pray and meditate on that and, and, and think it's the ultimate authority. Um, but I thought that was a, a huge, yeah, when Bill said that, that was like, yeah, everything comes down to group conference, especially when we're setting policy for what this group is going to be. Well, that's why one area, okay, uh, you know, when I, when I first got clean, 
argue why or why don't Jimmy, okay, on how to do stuff. Yeah. I would call up and talk with Jimmy how to do these things because that's where the ideal came from, uh, you know, P.I. slash H&I at that point. Okay, that was not my idea. It was, it came from somebody else and how they do things. And then he would tell you, tell you, amend it to your local vicinity because you may be different than the L.A. vicinity, okay? And that's why, you know, as we developed the Mid-Atlantic region, okay, we took a collection of communication together and uh, developing stuff that was, it was called guidelines, not policy, okay? Policy gets created at the group level, okay? Uh, if they're communicating through the the, the area, the, the groups are, are developing that policy on how to do these things, okay, in that local in, and each group got to discuss their own policy and how they're going to interact with that. You know, so that's where the differences came in. And then when we, when I went, oh, and that was from Virginia Beach to Maine, we helped develop that. And then each, each different place had different issues that they had to deal with. Okay, rural Vermont was totally different than uh, Austin. Okay. Uh, New York City is totally different than the rest of New York State. You know, uh, you know, Philadelphia, New York City, and Boston—they had shared experience that worked real well in cities, but they didn't work out in, in rural uh, Carbon County in Pennsylvania. Okay, right. Uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah, they're talking about mass transit. Well, we don't. Uh, our transit was a, a, a car. Okay. In Holland, they have a lot of uh, bicycle transportation, so they have different areas that could hang posters, okay? Then we don't have them, okay? Uh, you, know, um, you know, I mean, when you go to a train station, there you see all these bikes parked there, okay? You know, a bus stop. Bikes everywhere. So there's different places to hang posters. There's different areas that you can, you know, uh, if you were in Moscow, Russia... You could deal with a lot of apartment complexes because no one lives in houses. They live in big, big, uh, you know, uh, monster buildings, okay, instead. So you have to find out at each building because, uh, that's what the one guy in Moscow told me. That's where the addicts hang out. is in them buildings, okay? That's where the addiction happens. It doesn't happen in the streets there. So somehow you have to get into the buildings to get your information into them buildings instead. You know, because, uh, there's not much, uh, people don't live in, in housing, plain houses. Uh, you know, uh, you said some of these addicts never come out of that apartment that complex. Never come out because they got everything in there they need. Yeah, and I was stunned by that, okay? That was one experience of me traveling over there and seeing this. So, and their country's totally different in different other areas that will never work. What's going to work in Moscow will not work in Siberia. So we got to find a collective on, on a collection of stuff, and that's how we tried to develop the public information handbook in the mid '80s up to about '88. It was a PI, a sharing of information from all different areas, okay, different ways to do PI. So people that it was it was guidelines, it was not policy, and then each group could adapt that uh, information and find out what best works for them, and then you could share back and forth, and you could find solutions on how to do public information work. Because that's what it is, is finding solutions how to do PI, public information work. And the key is, and I don't care what group you're in, to develop that area, you have to have a strong public information um, awareness to get people into your groups, to get that information out, where we're at, how to find us, what do we do here? What's our purpose here? And how we can help? Now, we've got to be very aware of that as we do this public information work. And that's why these questions were subtle, okay? It's to create this type of conversation that you can go back to your groups with, talk to your home groups, because we want to grow. Now, uh, we're not looking for an outside organization like Knowledge Incorporated to do RPI work for us. We're looking to do it ourselves. How are we going to fulfill it? How are we going to get that information out there? You know, and it comes down to group conference and then looking 
for any piece of information that's working, and, and you may have to tweak it for your own area, okay? Uh, your own government agency has different laws and stuff. We have to be very aware of that stuff. That when they work here, you may have a law that prevents that from working there. So what is the law? How can we make it work? You know, we have to be aware of this, this stuff. And that's what I like to see us as we dialogue and stuff. Get this dialogue going in the groups every week, talking about it, and get more uh, curious curiosity about doing PI, and get more people involved in it, and and let's uh, really talk more about it. So, hopefully that's a, a question. A question came up for me uh, when it comes to personal anonymity. Uh, in our dealings with uh, professionals and, you know, we, we're, what we do, we're trying to, you know, detach uh, our uh, uh, personalities as much as possible. You know, we have done an email in our group's name and not any person's name and things like that. But how how is it when it comes to, you know, relationships with uh, professionals? Because uh, we're, we're all uh, members of society, you know, in different ways and... We're trying to, you know, if, an example is, uh, you know, if I use my personal contact to doing PI or HNI work, do you understand what I mean? Uh, we never ever sign it as personal. It's always signed as the group uh, itself, okay? And again, yeah, the phone number, how to contact us, okay? Yes, it may be a person, okay, that they're communicating with. But hopefully in the long run we have, have a phone number. Yeah, when that phone rings, that it's going to be answered in contact anonymous instead, okay? Oh, yeah, but I, I meant, uh, you know, in, uh, let's say, we're going to reach out to a treatment facility, and, you know, I'm really tight with the CEO on that place, so should I be the one to call, or should uh, anyone else from the group do it? Well, you've you got to go example? over. You have to go over with the group on who's going to be making the calls, okay? All right. Right. But, yeah, uh, I just meant um, my personal contact, uh, yeah. If you're involved in that treatment facility, no, you should not be communicating with them, okay? Yeah, All right? Even if I'm as an employee. Yeah, if you're an employee of that facility, you should not be communicating with that facility. Someone from the group should be doing that, okay? Yeah, right? exactly. Is it the same thing if, I, if someone is just a friend with the people? Uh, I think um, friends with people and informing them on the existence of Narcotics Anonymous is totally different than being employed by that facility, okay? Oh, yeah, of course. It, it yeah. was just a question. Of, uh, with with because, the personal uh, anonymity issue, um, I think if I get questions on this a lot um, or hear people talk about this a lot. Yeah, the, the, the way that tradition, when it talks about, and we're going to get into this, questions about what that means later on. I know from reading the questions, but we need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. In our personal dealings with other people, uh, there's going to be people who know I'm an addict. Um, uh, most people who, who know me on any level know that I'm a recovering addict. Uh, a certain percentage of them uh, that are closer to me know that I have done it through Narcotics Anonymous. Um, you know, I should never be representing NA as far as, uh, in somebody's mind, my personal success or failure is, is uh, the beat-all and end-all of what NA does. But uh, there are times uh, when that personal anonymity where it's appropriate for somebody to know, hey, I'm a member of Narcotics Anonymous. Uh, this is working for me. This is, this is how it's worked in my life. Um, you know, I, I, and maybe I'm, I'm confused about what you're asking, but, but that, that part of the tradition that says we need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films, and maybe it would be better if it just said in a public manner, uh, or, you know, uh, there, there are times. Uh, the best example I can think of is the guy who introduced me to Narcotics Anonymous. Um, everybody knew he was a recovering addict. Uh, and I've told this story before, but when it came time for me to uh, ask him for help, I didn't know the name Narcotics Anonymous, and I know he—I know he's almost definitely 
put it out there a time or two. He, 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 I'm sure he uttered the words Narcotics Anonymous or, or said that he's a member, but the way he presented himself to me, it was not his identity or, or he was not representing Narcotics Anonymous. I knew this man was part of some sort of drug class program in my mind. I asked him to take me to those drug classes, and that's not the way he presented it, but I knew he was a member of something that was working in his life uh, that was keeping him clean, that he had a definition of clean time that was far different than the definition of clean time I had been using prior to that point, and I knew that he had, had something that I wanted. Um, so, so, again, I, I don't think the uh, personal anonymity necessarily needs to uh, be, you know, it is limited to, to when we're presenting ourselves publicly that we're not attaching Narcotics Anonymous to that, but there is a way in our personal dealings to, to, uh, to be a living embodiment of that love of tradition, I think, uh, to let people know that, hey, I'm, I'm totally clean. Uh, my definition of clean time uh, doesn't mean I, I drink on the weekend or that I'm on DRT or, or something of that nature. Uh, they can see that I'm happy or I can see that he was happy. Uh, you know, he didn't hide the fact that he was a member of NA, uh, but, you know, he, he didn't need to maintain personal anonymity with all his, his personal relationships. That's not what the tradition was about. Um, but he did make, he did make sure he presented himself in a way where it wasn't NA, 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 NA. It was, I'm clean, I have something that I belong to, and, and if you want to know more about it, get with me. Ask me about it, you know. I mean, he definitely made himself available. I don't know if that's if I was way off base on what you were asking, but uh, I do know I, I get the question a lot about the personal anonymity, and it's like, uh, yeah, I, there, there are times when I need to, to let somebody know I'm a member of NA on a personal level. Right. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, I was thinking from the the group part. You know, is it okay for the group to yeah. want to assign certain service tasks because of their their relationship with, uh, you know, a long time ago when we wanted to change our meeting space, we had this uh, member who is from this town, you know, he knew a lot of people, and of course we wanted to send him specifically out for the job to find a new space, because he knew people. Yeah. Do we as a group uh, violate his anonymity then, because he's connected and we're not seeing him just as a member then, but we see him as he knows people here to get get that done, you know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, we can discuss this next week, okay? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, because we're going to other areas, and uh, I want to be clear on the discussion, okay, and what we're actually talking about here, okay, before I engage in it, okay? All right? Uh, so we're going for approximately an hour right now, okay? And uh, to go any further, we're going to need a lot more time, okay? Yeah, I, I think the nature of questions definitely uh, changes after this. We get into a lot of these areas we've actually been starting to discuss. I, I, I think you're right. So I, I think there's also going to be those, uh, those times when uh, we need to look at situations individually as well as home groups, you know, where there might not be a blanket answer. So, yeah, I, I think you're definitely right. Probably probably good to be able to uh, to really get a grasp on where we're going with this for next week. Are there, are there any questions that uh, you feel or anybody feels like we need to address uh, before we wrap up this week? I think we did a good job on it so far, okay? All right, we'll continue this next week on the same, uh, on this, this spot, okay? All right? And if there's any other questions with what we, after you listen to the CD, okay? All right? To the podcast, and we need more discussion on it, let us know, okay? Right. Okay. Are you guys comfortable with that, uh, um, with some of the questions that have been asked, uh, Wait until next week. I, I'm, I'm assuming there's not a pressing issue that anybody has. But, uh, hey, our home needs guidance right now, or you, know, you could also, I'm sure, get with someone after the podcast as well. That was the case. But... No objections. 
Right, well, so where we are, are we starting on question six next week? We'll start right where we're leaving off, okay? All right? Okay. Right on. I want to thank everybody for tuning in uh, to Autonomous Unity on the Solidarity with Autonomy, uh, Autonomy Network, and especially uh, those who are on the line, well, not especially, but those who are on the line participating today, thank you for, for being here so that we can have a podcast, and thank you for everybody who makes this possible. Uh, you just by listening and, and, and tuning in and, and spitting those questions on Radio 3. And we will see you on the next one. Do we have